everybody, Vicki Fitch here, your direct sales expert and the host of Vicki Fitch Live, A Fresh Perspective. Now, you guys probably know if you've been watching the show or listening to the show uh, for any length of time that the first Wednesday of the month is where we talk about my new book, A Vic the Bully in Your Head. So we bring on guests that have gone through tragedy and trials and turn them into triumph. So if you've been watching the post this week, and I know those of you on iTunes, Stitcher, and Blog Talk Radio, you guys probably haven't seen those, but the rest of you that are watching this live broadcast, we are going live right now on Facebook Live. And so we appreciate you guys being here. Put up your comments. Let us know that you're here. We'll, we'll give you some shout outs during the show. But let me tell you a little bit about my guest. Now, usually I recap things for my guests, but today I really feel led and compelled to read this specific um, section because it says so much about him and I love the way it's worded. Greg Walker is a number one best-selling author of Dare to Grow Rich, How to Dream, Grind, Hustle Your Way to Success. Greg is highly sought after speaker. He's spoken to Fortune 500 companies and to professional athletes. He was born and raised on the south side of Columbus, Ohio. He is one, all right, he's the only one of 15 children to ever graduate high school. Greg was living in a drug-infested, alcoholic, and domestic violent environment. He's overcome many obstacles and yet accomplished so much. You guys are going to be totally amazed. He's coming from a family of failures. He's always was teased and labeled as a slow learner. He was asked to drop out of high school on his very first day just because his 12 siblings had dropped out before him. He refused to drop out and graduated because of a loving teacher and then went to the University of Florida. He pursued his dreams even though everyone around him laughed and called him the big dreamer. Greg became a millionaire at a young age and he accomplished this through changing his mindset and becoming a successful entrepreneur. Uh, you guys, like that just surmises what we're going to talk about today, but the journey where he got there and how he did it is truly amazing. So let, without any further ado, let me welcome Mr. Greg Walker. Greg, welcome to the broadcast. Thanks, Vicki. Nice to be on here. If I can just give one correction, it's dream to grow rich. What did I say? Dare. Did I? Yeah. Well, I said, you know. That's okay. That's okay. Right. So, yes, it is okay. And thank you for correcting me. So I no apologize problem. that I goofed that up, but um, I'm re you know what? Yeah. Did I No. Are you sure I said dare? Because I'm yeah, you reading. Said, you said oh, dare. Man. That's okay. okay. That's okay. <laughs> I, I have, I'm nine sisters. I'm used to it. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> I have to say thank you so much for being here. Greg, you and I got to meet briefly when you were out here in California um, at a speaking engagement. And um, what a fun time we had for a very short period of time. But I really loved connecting with you, hearing pieces of your story, and have adored participating in your book. I don't know if you heard me on the Periscope, but this is actually, um, I'm going to put it up for you guys to see, but this is the book of the month for my Rockstar group. And this is what we're reading for our book club. So uh, Dream to Grow Rich by Mr. Greg Walker. I know I never quite get that angled right. But anyway, and you guys will be able to check that out on um, my website later. I don't know if the link's up yet, but at vickifitch.com slash book club, you can order that and you can participate in our book club as well. But that's how good this book is that um, we've, we've chosen it for the August book of the month. So let's go back and talk a little bit. Well, first of all, I guess we should say hello to our guests. We have Melanie Weiser in the house. Jeremy Dalton is here. Uh, Julie Massengale is here. Nikki Ramos. Uh, we know that Stacy and Randall, of course, are in the house. So you guys do me a favor and click on that little bra that share button for us and share out this broadcast. I promise you, Greg is going to surprise, entertain, amuse, startle, and uh, definitely inspire you to uh, see big things and to do big things. So please share out the broadcast and feel free to put your comments 
comments in and questions that you might have for Greg. So, okay, Greg, this, you know, we always usually have kind of a question of the day and, and, you know, I, there, there's so many things we want to know, but I have to, my first question is when you, you have 15, is it fifth? There's 15 children in your family. Yes. I am 13 and 15. So I have to ask, like, what was that like when you, you know, as you're coming into the world with, you know, 13 siblings before you or, or 12 siblings before you, you're number 13. How, what was that like? I mean, did it feel like your siblings were part, were kind of your parental structure or tell, tell us a little bit about that. Pretty much, you know, my sisters and brothers, some of, most of them were out of the house at age 15, okay. 16. So I had brothers and sisters who basically looked out for me. My parents that looked out. They were, they were divorced. I was young, in and out of the house. My father was not a father. He was a sperm donor. Mm. That's, what I, that's what I call him. You know, my father mm. had 15. He should have never had one. Mm. Never. So it wasn't, uh, people always say, you know, wow, it's great to have a big family. No, mm. I don't even know when any of my, my siblings' birthdays are. Oh, that's hard. So are, have you, any of you grown closer as the years have gone by or, or none, none whatsoever. Uh, one of my brothers just took his life, uh, two hours before I gave my big speech in Toastmasters to make it to the world championship. And that's what I've dealt with all of my life, either for my brothers going in and out of prison, my sisters who are prostitutes. I've dealt with that all my life. So it's kind of like a, a young black kid in Chicago. When he sees a murder, most people are like stunned, but he's, he's immune to it. He's, he's numb to it. That's the way I, that's the way I am uh, with, with my brothers and sisters. Now with my, our 28-year-old daughter, my wife, my in-laws, my two nieces I raised, my niece and nephews, that's my family. I have a family. I tell people I broke the, I broke the cycle. I broke the mold of poverty, poverty in the mind, poverty in the wallet, and poverty in the heart. You know, I'm, the only one been, I'm the only one who's ever been married more than five years. Uh, we know we're in our 30th year right now. Wow. Now that right there is completely noteworthy, especially when we're talking about the situation that you grew up in. And, and again, it makes it even more exceptional. So for those of you guys who have, have downloaded this podcast, I would love for you guys to check out episode 16 of Vicki Fitch Live, A Victable in Your Head. You can see that at vickifitch.com on the Vicki Fitch Live tab. You can also see it here at Facebook at my public figure page, which is Vicki Fitch One. But I really encourage you to do that. You know, Greg says that's like a typical, you know, black child that's raised up in Chicago. Greg happens to be a white, blonde, kind of blondish hair, blue eyed, uh, sweetheart. And so, you know, you can't maybe tell from his voice who he is or what it is, but I want you to see him smile. I want you to see the way he's delivering this message as someone that, you know, has experienced so much, but hasn't let it made make him jaded. You know, he's thoughtful and, um, expressive, but he's not become jaded. And that I'm sure all of you agree. And if you guys are in the chat box here, I'd love for you guys to put a one in the chat box if you resonate with that, that he's not jaded. He's delivering a message and he's going to bring hope and, and inspiration. So um, Jenny Jones says, uh, congratulations, Greg. And she also used the hashtag no fitch slap. For those of you who don't know, I have another podcast called He Said Red Said and somebody's <laughs> going to get fitch slap. But that is not for Greg and it's not for tonight. But thank, thank you, Jenny, for bringing that up. Thank you. <laughs> right. He's like, thank you, Jenny. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> I love that. So Greg, let's talk, um, you know, since we had a big family, right, we're going to talk in a minute about, uh, you know, support systems, you know, uh, for, for entrepreneurs, but let's talk about, you know, you were just saying that you didn't feel like this, this large family of yours was a support system at all. Where did you find your support system? Did you find it in school? Did you find it after, you know, well, you know, my wife and I were the only white kids in our neighborhood. We went to an all-black school. 
So okay. I had in the, in the black community, you know, I raised all my niece and nephews. Uh-huh. In the black community, it's usually grandparents. So uh-huh. I always went to my, my friend's grandparents. So they always took me to church. You know, my daughter and my niece has now grown up where, where they were raised at my home. They don't know anything about like recreation centers because we don't have them out here where you have million dollar homes. They don't understand what a they don't understand what a bus is, a public school bus to come pick you up to go to church. They don't know what that is because they've never had the inner city life. So I had my friends' grandparents that always uh, taught me the better things in life. You know, my teacher, Mrs. Renee Rivers. You know, I'm when you said I'm the only one to graduate high school. I'm the only one ever. My father had 18. My mother had 14. I have 14 siblings. I'm the first and only one ever to make it past the ninth grade. My daughter's, my daughter's the second one. And I tell people because of a teacher named Mrs. Renee Rivers, who I nicknamed Little Rosa, because she reminded me of my wife of Rosa Parks. And you said earlier, I was asked to drop out my very first day. Yeah. And then I did drop out. I dropped out and someone grabbed me from behind. I turned around, Vicky, I just wanted to knock their teeth out. My wife and I talk about it to this day. And it was her. She uh, put her hand on hips. She's probably four foot eight, four foot nine, and she's on a stool. And uh, she asked me, where am I going? Why is my fist in the air? She took me to the principal's office after I told her what he said because he asked me to drop out because he knew my family. He read about my family. He knew all 12 of them dropped out before me. And she got me to believe and understand why I needed to become first. She taught me what a legacy was. And she was the one who saved my life because she said, if I have to hold your hand to walk you through this high school, that's what I would do. A month before graduation, her and three other women changed my grades. They risked their jobs to change my grades because they saw something in me. They said, we understand why, why you're staring out the windows. You're not dumb. You're not stupid. You're not going to prison like all your brothers. You're not going to be homeless like your sisters. You're not going to be a, a murderer like people in your family. You're not going to be a drug dealer. These four women, especially Miss Renee Rivers, who my daughter's named after, they saved me. And then Mrs. Rivers introduced me to a man who I called a fool and I called a loser. She brought him into our class to teach us how to become successful. Well, when he told me he dropped out of the ninth grade, I called him a loser. You know, I, I haven't grown Vicky since the end of fifth grade. I've been six foot one since the fifth grade. So imagine me in the eighth grade when I had Mrs. Rivers before high school and she brought this guy in. I had a chip on my shoulder because of my home, yeah. right? And I called him a loser. She said, Greg, you will respect this man. So Mrs. Rivers, if he dropped out in ninth grade, he's a loser like my family. Mm. Well, this guy happened to uh, be a, a restaurateur he worked for a guy who wore an all-white suit with a white beard, drove a white Cadillac around, and we know him as Harlan Sanders, and he started a franchise here in Columbus after his eight-year-old daughter, Melinda Lou. Now, I want you guys to remember that name, Melinda Lou. If anybody ever tells you they know Melissa Thomas, they're lying. Her name is Melinda Lou, and that little girl could not pronounce Melinda Lou, so she said Wenda. Well, this man who became my first men- mentor did not want a hamburger chain named Wenda, so they named it Wendy's, and that man I called a fool and a loser was Dave Thomas. That's amazing. That that story alone, and for those of you guys who have just popped in here in the live uh, audience, thank you for being here. Please share it out. Uh, Greg is blowing us away already by sharing the the mishaps of his family, the 15 children, how many people. We're going to talk in a little bit more detail about how many people went to prison, prostitution, murder. There's so much in his life and the saving grace of one woman. There was two, if, if I'm understanding this correctly, and I'm sure he'll correct me if I'm wrong, there were two white children in the entire school. He was, he is the principal, which I want to talk a, a little bit more in detail about, but the principal literally said to you on your first day, he brought you into and said, here's the papers. None of your other family members are made it. Just here's the papers when you're ready to drop out. Just 
just sign them and bring them in. Basically kind of like, here's your hat. What's your hurry? We don't really want to deal with you. Right. Well, yeah, actually what happened was we got to high school and we're walking in class and I'm walking by his office and we just stare at the same time. Mm-hmm. And he yelled at Mr. Walker, come to my office. So I'm like, Hey, what's going on? I'm happy. You know, all my friends were saying, Greg, you know, this is, you're going to be the first one to ever do this in your family. So I'm smiling. Like, hey, what's up, Mr. Barker? And he looks at me and he says, I have some papers here that I, that I might want you to sign next couple of months. I said, what are those papers? I don't understand. And he said, these are the papers all 12 of your siblings signed to drop out in ninth grade. They've all been trouble. All we principals, we, all of us around the city know who your brothers and sisters are. You're number 13, son. And he says, has anyone ever told you that's an unlucky number? I never heard that before until he told me that. So he said, if I thought I was going to make it out, that's just unbelievable. and It's not going to happen. So he said, these papers are ready. And I left there. I was pissed off. I was ready to, Listen, if I would have had a gun back in 1980s, I probably would have shot somebody. I really would have. Mm-hmm. And I really would have raised my family. So that's when I dropped, I pushed the door open. Someone grabbed me with my teacher, Miss Renee Rivers, and the rest is history. Hmm. Well, you know, when we hear things like that, because I have to tell you, when I read that part in the book, I was angry. I mean, it made me angry that someone that we trust to, you know, entrust our children to and their hope and their future and so many hours a day would have the nerve and the audacity to not choose to believe that one child, if they made a difference in your life, that you could be different. You know, I mean, is do we know if he's still alive? Is he still around? No, he, he died and something that he taught said at my graduation. Now I tell people when I went in my speech, when I'm going to, to the world championship, he blew my mind. Because when I graduated, and I got a standing ovation. I tell people, Vicky, as I looked into my, my graduating class, you know who was in that audience? Now, one of my family members. Oh. My teacher, Mrs. Rivers, and my wife, my future wife, Jan, they, they were there. And they were my family that day. My wife's family were there. So they were my family. And, uh, man, it just, I was angry that time. But, you know, he got to see me. And when he told me when I shook his hand, he said, Mr. Walker, I'm glad I was wrong about you. He said, you proved me wrong. Now go prove the world wrong. So he got to see me open my restaurants. He would come into my stores. He died in 2013. He'd come in my restaurants and tell people how he almost ruined my life by the words that he told me. So he always said words are so powerful. And he said what my friend Les Brown always says. He would tell all my workers that there's power in the tongue, whatever you say about someone. And listen, I don't blame him. Mm-hmm. If I saw 12 failure people and this 13 person came along and thought that he was going to be the one who changes the world. Right. I probably would say the same thing. Not now. I wouldn't in 2017. But back then, I probably would have. So I don't blame him. You know, he didn't know what he was doing. He was just looking. But I can tell you what, when I see a teacher now who says something, I go off of him, Vicky, because my 16 year old niece who was born to my baby sister at 11 years old. Right. She was going to a school and she made all F's, all F's on one of her report cards. And I went and talked to her teacher and her teacher said, oh, that's fine. She's doing OK. I said, what do you mean? She's doing OK. She said, oh. <laughs> She said oh, on the standard, <laughs> yes, because in Ohio, we have the, 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 the standardized test. So she got A's on the standardized test. And I said, last time I remember the report card says how you're doing. And she said, this is what she said, Vicki. Well, I really don't care because I retired 18 months and I went off on her. I told her to take her ass out right now and retire. That's what I told her. Right. Because yeah. I knew how my life, I'm not going to let, listen, my daughter's 28 years old. She's highly educated. I will be damned if I'm going to let my niece, and my niece is not going to prison like her father. My niece is not going to be a heroin addict, meth addict like her mother. My niece is 16. She goes to Princeton University next year if she wants to. Mm-hmm. So we have to stand up. I tell people, you know, the world is not the way it is because too many people are violent. 
the world is the way it is because too many people are too damn silent. I believe that true. And, you know, as we're talking about that, it gives us a great segue to talk about community. And, and many of you guys are, are that are here in the live audience, and I'm sure many of you guys that are listening to the broadcast are part of our community. I have a great uh, group called the Entrepreneurial Rockstars, and I want to help you because that's one of the things that we're into is focusing on the positive and helping you to be the best you can be. There's a, a link up on the screen. You can go to vickifitch.com slash biz. Click on the link to join the Entrepreneurial Rockstars. If you want to be in a group that wants to give at least as much as they get, this is the place. We support you. We support your dreams and your efforts, and we continue to try and help you be the best you can be. So it's a safe environment, and that's kind of what we're talking about here, how important it is that we find a place that people get us and people care about us, and someone like Greg will stand up. So, you know, that's that's one of the things, and, and I realized because I got so involved in the conversation that I didn't even introduce uh, those of you who are new to the Evicted Bully in Your Head concept. Let me share a little bit with you really quick. Is I have a new book coming out called Evicted Bully in Your Head, and we all have a bully. Greg is going to be a great example today of sharing it, but we have a bully that tells us we're not good enough smart enough, strong enough, pretty enough, tall enough, wide enough, white enough, black enough, whatever enough, that we're not enough. And that this book, we talk about the intimacy bubbles and where we let people in and give you hope and encouragement that who you are, we need to own that person. We, and we have a sequel coming out. It's called Own It, How to Step Up and Stand Out because it's all about you and the support system and the people that are around you. If you have the right people around you, which is Greg is a great example of you can succeed at anything. So, you know, as we come back around to that, that's what we're here about today, right? Greg is giving people right. hope and inspiration that that they are good enough just the way they are. And if they are not, they are a product of their own environment, but they do not mm -hmm. have to own their history. They get to be different. That's right. Your history is not a destination where you're going in your life, where you are right now, what you're going, I don't care if you're going through a divorce, you're going through bankruptcy, you have problems with your health. That has nothing to do with where you can go. Listen, my buddy Mark Bernard has a podcast. He just interviewed a guy who was blind who climbed Mount Everest. Are wow. you kidding me? How okay. many people try? Look at how many people try to climb Mount Everest who are totally healthy and they die or they don't make. This guy was blind. He didn't only climb it once. He climbed it multiple times. So this is what I tell people. You are a product of your environment. But it, Dr. Dennis Kimbrough said, if you're the smartest person in your group, you need to find another group. You need to be around people who are better than you, people who can who push you. You, you, you can tell people who, uh, you can tell who people who want to push you. There's drifters and then there's lifters. You want to be around a lifter because I guarantee you, I always taught my daughter that if you take three trash cans and the middle one's solid gold, it might take a billion years, but that solid gold trash can will eventually look like a trash can because of who it's surrounded by. If you think you can hang around losers and you're going to be a winner, listen, I got another story for you. Yeah, I, and and that's absolutely right. Is that it's hard to continue, you know, pulling yourself up when everybody's trying to pull you down. So you know, making sure that you're in an environment of people that are looking to help lift you up and encourage you, and they want to be like you, that they admire you and you admire them. It's not, you know, who's you know, who's doing what, right? We want to make sure that uh, everybody is supported that way. We have some really great guests and some other people are popped in like uh, Jenny's here, Lori Goldman's in the house and they're writing some cool things. You know, Jenny wrote, you don't have to continue to be a product of your past. Awesome story so far, Greg. And she gave you a bunch of thumbs up. And um, she also wrote, find your tribe that support you and pick you up and not put you down. That's right. So you know, and Vicki, when I first got on social media, I, I still don't know how to do social media. But when I got on, everyone said, don't get on Facebook because it's so negative. But this is what I told my niece and nephews and my daughter. 
how does the trash get in our trash can? Mm. We lift the lid, right? So mm. if you have negativity, if you have trash in your social media, who lifted the lid? You did. You let it in. I don't have any. As soon as I see someone wants to befriend me and they're talking about their ex-spouse, their teacher or whoever, I don't let them in. Even if I know them, I don't let them in because I, I do not believe trash in, trash out. I believe trash in, trash stays in. Mm. Well, I believe that when it comes in, it starts to infect everything else. You know, one one rotten apple can infect an entire bag of good apples in a right. split. So I, I'm a com- in complete agreement. We give some grace for people having a bad day, but people That's that right. are negative, they got to go. They can't, they can't stay in my bubble. <laughs> That's right. And we know those people. You know, you can see someone at a store who just won the lottery and they're still complaining. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Well, you know, I should have had more, but. That's ah. right. That's right. Or I'm going to have to split this billion dollars with someone else. Yes. I just, I'm a no nonsense person with negativity. You come into my life and I just walk away. Some people say that's rude. But like you said, Vicki, there's a difference between someone having a hard day or someone just being a negative Nancy. You don't want to be around that. And I tell people, go to any Walmart and listen to some of the employees, listen to some of the customers, and you just got to run out of there because the negativity, (laughs) it's like cancer. It's just spreading throughout the store. Well, you know, and I agree with that, but I, I would like to roll another piece of perspective that the people that are have a really heavy sense of positivity that that are in a good place, they can they can actually infect those people with the positivity. Like I've That's heard right. your message. Right. And like if you're there and, and if and I, I know you that if somebody was, you know, they're having a bad day or they're feeling discouraged, you'd be there to like prop them up and, and give them all. kind. You know, it's like that. We know that we can spread positivity too. That's right. There, and there are so many, there's so many negative vibes in our lives that we get to be that light. And I, I have a story to always tell, you know, my wife, my daughter, my in-laws and my nieces, we were in at our condo in Myrtle Beach and I walked in Walmart to buy something. I asked the young lady, said, how are you doing? And she says, well, I'm freaking stuck here. And I said, what do you mean? She says, I hate this. I'm stuck here. So my wife and my nieces, my nephews, my daughter, my mother-in-law said, see you there. See you, uncle. See you, dad. <laughs> And she said, where are they going? I said, she, they're about to already know what I'm here. And I said, so I said, sweetie, what's wrong with, with you? And she said, what are you, what are you effing talking about? I said, well, you're, you seem angry. She says, I hate this effing job. Mm-hmm. And I said, can I please see your ankles? And she said, why? And my, <laughs> and my niece said, my niece says, don't show my uncle your, your ankles. So she probably thought I was this pervert guy. Right, I said, please right. just, just lift up your feet. She lifted them up. And I said, look, there's no glue. There's no shackles holding you down. Mm-hmm. You can leave this Walmart anytime. Right. And I said, let me ask you. Why are you so angry? Why do you hate this? She said, because I hate this place. I'm stuck here. I said, how are you stuck here once again? She said, because they pay me just enough that I don't quit. And I work just hard enough that they don't fire me. Oh, so this wow. is why I said, I said, what do you want to do in your life? If you could do anything? She mm-hmm. said, well, if I could do something, I'd be a beautician. And I go, ha! I said, I thought you were going to tell me you wanted to go to the moon in like six months. Right. You want to be a beautician and you're stuck here? So I said, I'm going to get you in contact with people who own beauty school, beauty salons, and I can get you there. After, by the time I left, my nieces, my mother-in-law and, and wife come back, my daughter, and they see her smiling. Oh. And my, my daughter said, my dad, my dad stuck on you, didn't he? And she, <laughs> says, she says, yes, he got me to understand that I can be a beautician. I said, I'm not, I said stop that I thinking crap. Right. Don't right. think you can do. And I told her, Vicky, don't quit your job today. But in your spare time on holidays, weekends, go get that degree, whatever you need to do, because it's so easy to live your dreams. But no one around her ever told her that, yeah. ever told her that. It's kind of like when I was speaking to the young kid 
I was speaking to 3,500 kids in Chicago. Mm -hmm. I'm the only white guy there. But the teacher grew up with me. She's a story in my book who dropped out of high school and didn't go back to school until 43 years old. Now she's running superintendent of Chicago schools. This young man came up to me and said, Big Dreamer, I love your story, but I can't be successful like you. And I said, why not? He said, because I don't look like you. Aww. So I said, let me hold your hand. I said, what's your name? He said, uh, LaShawn. I said, LaShawn, who's the most powerful woman in America? He said, I don't know. I said, her name is Oprah Winfrey. Does she look like me or look like you? He said, me. I said, who's the most powerful man in the world? Whether you agree with him or not, he said, President Obama I said, yes, sir. Who does he look like, me or you? He said, no one ever told me that. Mm. See, that's the surroundings. That's an, his environment. Right. So I tell people that the only thing that keeps us behind, listen, Vicki, I graduated 454th out of 455, only because <laughs> my teacher saved me, right? How is it that I opened up 55 restaurants, 210 burrito franchises? I have a number one best-selling book, right? I retired at 39, 12 years ago. How is I did that? How did I do that? I did that by people, by accepting people, by trusting people, by listening to people. I tell people it's not the smartest people in the world that make it. It's the people like Dave Thomas. It's the people with common sense that just have a dream. They get up there and do the daily grind, even when they don't want to. They stop whining. They don't act like little sissies. And they just get on with their life. They take action. Well, you know, I love that you say that, but you know me, I have to at least protect those of you that have a little bit fragile eagles, e fragile egos that might think that, um, that Greg is saying, if you guys aren't um, feeling strong, that you're sissies or you're giving up because he's not no, what he's saying. No, no. He's using some terminology to a little bit of tough love, but I have to tell you, because really what we want to do is we want to start believing in ourselves and that's what he's all that's about. Right. You know, that's why he's the big dreamer and we're going to talk about where that name came from and, and how that, you know, how that has changed his life. But I, again, spending time with him, reading his book, I can tell you that his desire is for you to be inspired, whether it's from him, whether it's from someone else or a combination effort, that that is his desire. And I want you guys to hold on to that as you're looking. And those of you, again, who have downloaded this uh, podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio, or wherever else, thank you for being here. Please check out episode 16 of Vicki Fitch Live, A Victible in Your Head with Mr. Greg Walker, the author of Dream to Grow Rich, How to Dream, Grind, and hustle your way to success. Now we do have a few other people. Miss um, Candy Saki. Yes, and, that's uh, my that's my sister from Japan. Yeah, and she says, um, "My big brother." And real talk hashtag Real Talk with Greg. Candy is actually going to be on the podcast. Um, I don't know what day she's on, but she's on. Mister Ricky Prime in the house. I love you, Ricky. By the way, I'm speaking in New Zealand. We'll talk about later. But Ricky is in New Zealand, so I'm going to get to see my man, Ricky Prime, my little Kiwi pal there, uh, in just about five weeks or so. Well, that's um, my dream. That's my dream to speak in, speak in New Zealand because I know people in New Zealand. So, oh, well, uh, if I'm you're speaking there, I'll have to put in a good word for that the promoter and see if for maybe next All year right. See, right? All right see if i can yeah. make your dream come true brother <laughs> um i also see jenny says greg is a fire starter of inspiration boom thank you thank right? you right wow what a great thing to say so as we start kind of pulling that i mean i, I just want to kind of talk about some of this stuff because Greg, there's some sensitive issues in people's life, as you know. And um, I, I told what people know, you've seen the, the broadcast uh, announcements have been going out for over a month now. I've been getting people messaging me, you know, trickling in saying, is it rude to ask this? 
can you ask Greg this? So they, they want to know me. and they're feeling uncomfortable. And so for, if those of you guys who are in the house, would you guys share out the broadcast again? This is, it does get a little tenuous and, um, you know, s some of these things, one of the questions I'm, I'm going to try and reword it because I think I know what she meant. Um, she, she said that you talk about your sisters becoming prostitutes and, um, I'm, I'm, this is a little bit tricky from what she said, this particular person has been in a situation where there was prostitution in her family and they brought in the younger children that the older siblings were bringing in the other children. And, um, it's a very, she's just trying to find out how you felt, if that affected you and how you, if it did, how you got over it. Um, well, whether she's talking about herself or someone else isn't clear, but she wants to know if that, how does, how do you get over that shame and that guilt or, or anger, um, about family members doing that? Well, I didn't get, I didn't listen. My teacher always taught me that I'm not my family. Mm. I have nothing to do with, I teach my two nieces. I raise their daddies in prison for life. I teach them what your mother did, what your father did is not, not nothing to do with you. They have their life and you have your life. Well, I was taught by my teacher, Miss Renee Rivers, that it's my life. What they did now, now, did I feel bad? Yes. I didn't understand why I would see my, my sister sleep on different guys walking in that room. Mm -hmm. And listen, one of, one of my sisters, you know, I, I remember going by one time as a teenager. Uh, and then when I went to college as a teenager, I'd always go by this, this apartment. Mm -hmm. And I always, I would always, always hear the women in there or whatever, blah, blah, blah. My sisters were always high, not all of them. And some of them have changed in the last recent years in their 50s and 60s. But I went by this, this room one time, and I thought I'd knock on the door. And the woman showed up, and she was drunk. She was half-dressed. And she says, are you here for me? Mm. She didn't even rec recognize me as her brother. And mm. I said, yes, I am here for you, but for a different reason. Mm. So you, you can't be ashamed. You know, does it hurt? Yes, it hurts. It hurts me now to this day. Because I still try to save not just my sisters, but every woman. You know, sure. I, I speak to the BPW every year, twice a year, the Business Professional Women Association. Um, I, I work with um, uh, sef sex trafficking trades here in Columbus. Columbus, that's huge here. And Ohio's huge, especially around golf tournaments. Let me tell people something. It's the golf tournaments are the biggest sex slave trades in America. So stop really? thinking Tiger, Tiger. Yes, the biggest thing here in Ohio is the Jack Nicholas Merrifield uh, tournament, which is named after Jack Nicholas. And I tell people that's the biggest thing. See, people think it was just Tiger Woods. No, it's not. Go spend some time with some 70 year old men and listen to them how they talk about women. Not all of them, but there's a heck of a lot of them. So I work with, with the, the sex slave uh, trade here in Ohio a lot. And it's my job to make sure because I have nine sisters and I have a daughter and nieces. My daughter gets involved now. So you have to say, it's not about you. It's about helping other people. And when you help other people, your heart will grow. So listen, I don't know what my older sisters went through. I don't. I don't know. I, people ask, am I mad at my parents? I used to be. Now I'm not because I don't know what they went through. But the, the one thing I can tell you, if you're going through something or someone you know, you have to reach out for help. Help is not a weakness. Right. It's a strength. Don't be afraid to reach out and don't, and, and listen, don't hate the person that's doing it because I guarantee you there's drugs behind that. There's always drugs behind prostitution behind. I don't care who you are. I've never seen it where there wasn't drugs 
or alcohol behind it. So you don't hate the person I teach my nieces. Do not hate your mother because the greatest thing your mother did is to give birth to you two girls. And I've raised you since birth for 16 and 12 years. So don't hate the person, hate what they're doing. Right. Well, you know, and, and it, you kind of bring up a good point because, you know, I, I, I'll be honest, one of my favorite movies is Pretty Woman. And it's because not because of the situation she's in, but someone standing up for themselves, someone finding love, someone dealing with with trials and doing it in a different way. Right. So the pretty woman philosophy of a non drug addicted prostitute is like you're saying is very rare. And, and we're yeah. certainly not chastising anyone that no, no. possibly chose that profession that didn't have anything to do with, you know, drugs and alcohol, but we do believe that there's a bully in your head that because when people choose to use their body as a tool of, of commerce, then we know that something says that you're not good enough because it's just not something that we typically want to do. And so again, if you are experiencing that, or maybe you're stuck somewhere, we want you to get help. We want you to reach out to a hotline to people because there are people that care. I can guarantee you that Greg and I both care. We may not have the resources to reach out personally and help you, but we can stay here today, bearing some souls, sharing information and saying, it's okay. That like, like Greg said, don't have shame for what's gone on with your family and even shame for what you've done in the past, but choose to not use the glue on. There's no glue on your feet. Choose to put one foot in front of the other and move forward, move. And, and this is what I'd say, Vicki, that person, you have to tell yourself that you are worthy, that you have everything inside you that you need to succeed. And you have to tell yourself, you have to tell this yourself that there is more than what you are seeing right now. And I tell people all the time, if I, I teach my nieces this, if uncle drives, looking at the rear view mirror, what happens? They say you crash. You have to forget. You don't have to for, forget what happened to you because listen, I forgive what happened to me, but I don't forget mm-hmm. what happened to me or my brother and sister, my parents. That, that's a big myth. Mm-hmm. I tell people, listen, when I met a young girl who her parents were, were stoned in the 60s, 60s and 70s and they peeled her skin while they were getting stoned, that girl's not forgetting. She can forgive. I, listen, I don't, I, don't, I don't forget watching my father molest my sisters walking in a room. I forgive him, but I don't forget that. Mm-hmm. So you have to get past your past. You have to let the past go. Get help, but you have to stop living in that rear view mirror because all it's doing is making you crash in life. Listen, I don't believe in positive thinking. I believe in positive doing. Mm-hmm. Positive thinking is crap. You got to positive do. Get out there and help other people. If you're depressed, if you're going through things, Get out there and help someone. I go to nursing homes every Friday. I, I do Facebook Live with my buddy who's 70 years old. He lost his leg, gave up on life, and now he wants to li- live life again. So I see these people every day, and it makes me feel like a king. I go to children's hospitals to visit children in the cancer ward. That makes me feel like a king. So if you're going through something else right now, tell yourself there's more than what you are right now. There's more to life than what you see. I promise you. I've been there. I've been in the mud. I've been in the gutter. And I saw the future and I'm living that future right now. So if it can happen to me, why not you? The only thing that's different between you and I maybe is this. Mm. Change your thoughts, you change your life. And for those of you on the podcast, when he said this, he's pointing to his head, your mind, what the, the thoughts that you think, the way that you process information, you know, how, what you believe about yourself. Um, I see Mr. Tim McVeigh is in the house. Welcome, Tim. Marsha's here. Um, Julie, thank you so much. Julie just posted the National Human Trafficking Number hotline. It's 888-373-7888. Thank you so much, Julie. Jenny Jones Thanks. says positive action rather than negative reaction. Boom. That's right. 
right? That's right. Very, exactly. Very, yes. And so we have to to remember that you guys and and I have some other questions that people have asked that um, again they're a little bit sensitive if you have children that are listening right now um, you might want to pause that or or you know because it's if they're younger children this is not a a category maybe that you want to open up conversation in unless you know that they're experiencing it and they're they're having this wonder because you know it it gets a little bit intimate so um, you know, Greg, an, another question that came through, it was twofold um, by two different people, but um, you uh, you can add something, Julie, just pop it in there and we'll try and read it out loud. But um, the I'm, I'm looking at the comments here is saying, Greg, it, again, trying to word it exactly what they're saying is, have you ever stumbled because of that? Did you ever find yourself doing drugs, prostitution, doing any of those negative uh, things? And how did you if you did, how did you pull yourself out? Listen, I'm 51. I'm the most squarest guy in the world. Now, listen, my wife used to be a little drunk in high school, a little drunk. <laughs> At 51, I've never tried alcohol. I've never held a cigarette. Now, I used to be ashamed about that. I used to tell people, you know, I couldn't. I'd make up lies like I'm allergic to something or whatever. Sure. But in reality, I knew why I didn't touch something because I knew in my mind that I was an addict that my family members were all addicts and I knew. So at 51, I'm not, af- I'm not afraid. I'm speaking to the Columbus schools next on the eighth. Mm-hmm. And I tell kids all the time, do not be afraid to say that you don't drink alcohol that you don't smoke. It's cool to do that now. It's, right. it's cool. So no, I never stumbled because of that. And, and mainly because, you know, we hear a lot about my, you know, masterminds now, right. Where people are charging thousands of dollars. Listen, I've had a mastermind since 1983 with my teachers, pastors with about 20 people never charged a dime. We didn't call them masterminds. You know, we just called them a success groups. They wanted to see me become mm-hmm. successful and they all have, they all have. So I've never stumbled because of that, because I was told where I was going. I believed those people. Mm-hmm. And now I look back and I see how they connected all the dots for me. Mm-hmm. So, well, and, and those are some really good points of, of recognizing that, um, you know, when alcoholism runs in the family or drug addiction or addiction in itself, I, I came from a family. My father was an alcoholic. My brother and sister are both alcoholic drug addicts. And I actually married an alcoholic drug addict for a year when I was young. I'm just for, just for clarity purposes, I'm married to a wonderful man. I've been married for 23 years. He's fantastic. <laughs> that is not the alcoholic drug addict. <laughs> so, you know, I always try and clarify because somebody that other day on my broadcast they're saying oh you made some bad choice look at you you're married to a drug addict I was like no I was it was one year I was 20 I was married till I was 21 and he left so you know just kind of putting that out there but um recognizing that um you know my son has watched you know my son turns 21 in a couple weeks he's never had any alcohol and um he's like yeah I'm even my friends on their birthdays I'm like no I'm waiting till my 21st birthday he intends to have a drink he said but I don't think I'm gonna like it and I've watched Drugs and alcohol destroy so many members on both sides of the family that I, I don't I don't really have a desire because he's he's seen the you know the aftermath. Yeah, and you know what, Vicky? Um, it's funny because people they they cringe and they hear this, but I have a group of childhood friends, mm-hmm. and since the eighties, it's up to twenty three thousand dollars right now for <laughs> me to t- for me to drink a beer. If you'll drink one, they'll give you twenty three thousand. There's a group of friends and they got the money and I still can't do it. I yeah. still can't do it because it's, that's how strong that I think, I believe that if I took a drink of beer, I would become my father. I would become my, my brothers. I, I do. So that's why I choose not to do it because I know that addictive part 
is in there. And um, yeah, it's listen, there's, there's nothing wrong with not trying to listen. My wife and I were just talking a couple months ago and they said, we said, what did we do on our 21st birthday? And she said, we were rocking a baby running our businesses that we don't, we didn't even know what we did on 21st birthday. So when I hear people say go out and party, we're like, we were rocking a baby and running businesses. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what that's all about. I don't. Yeah. I hear you. I'm, I was kind of in the same, same thing, started businesses way earlier. And I think when you have some kind of energy that's driven towards something else, again, believing in yourself, you know, believing that you can do the things and, and you went through this time where people didn't believe in you again, the, the, you know, principles basically telling you, you know, you're a flunky and a joke and you're going to end up in prison and, you know, which that kind of, that kind of negativity. And I, I, I highlighted something in your book. So by the way, for those of you, again, I'm going to just pop this up really quick. Um, dream to grow rich by Mr. Greg Walker. Uh, this is a great book and, um, it's our book club book of the month. You can, I think you can go right now to vickyfitch.com to, uh, slash book club. And, but I wanted to read one little thing that I highlighted here that I'm now I'm probably can't find it. Hold on one second. Cause I put it right here. You said, Greg, um, even then we were taught, you were talking about what your, the principal had said you wrote even then. And even though it was only moments after the principal put those papers in front of me, part of me was starting to believe him. Just even though you had come in with this positive, like, yeah, I'm cool and everything. And then one thing from someone that is what I call in your bubble. <clears throat> in my book, we talk about intimacy bubbles and how when people are outliers way out in, you know, the strangerville, right? We don't really care so much what they say. I mean, we might be sensitive to things, to everything, but we're not really caring. But the closer they get to the intimacy bubble and, and authoritative figures in our life, you know, police officers, teachers, parents, relatives, people that are in those closer bubbles to tell you that, that is it's a huge thing. It's a huge opportunity for them to encourage you and push you towards success or discourage you and shove you under, you know, like a, a drowning, you know, situation. And, and so you, you could have fallen and you you said that it was your wife that kind of, uh, you know, she wasn't your wife at the time. She was what, 14 years old. Yeah. She, well, yeah, yeah. Kind of you know, well, maybe you know, gave she, you a little fish slap and said, Get your butt back here, son. Yeah, you know, we, we, you know, she used to hide me behind the bushes when my father would come in our life when he was molesting my sister, pulling guns on, on my brothers. And when he, would, when he would beat my mother, throw her through a glass window, and the neighbors would see that, I'd run to her house and we would hide behind the bushes. And she would always comfort me and tell me I'm going to be all right. Every anniversary, she rubs my cheeks and oh. she tells me we're going to be okay. So, and yes, we tend to listen. We believe people. And Vicki, let, let me tell you something. Uh, MIT did a study. They said for everybody that tells you something negative, it takes 17 people to walk by you to just erase that one negative comment in your mind. Mm -hmm. How many negative things do young people see and, and even older people in today's mm -hmm. world? You turn on the news. I don't care what party you're in. You're hearing crap, mm -hmm. just crap, negativity. So, yes, when you hear someone close, someone who like a teacher, and that's why I'm, I'm a big child advocate and against this. We have teachers that should not be teachers to this day. Oh, I hear you. <laughs> we have it. I, I tell people it wasn't just back in the 1980s when a principal would tell a young kid to drop out of high school. No, we still have them to this day. Mm. We do. I see it in school systems when I go to talk. Like I said, when I was in Chicago speaking 3,500 black kids, there's teachers in the back when I asked Laquan a question and they all did this, you know, telling me the, 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 the choke sign. Don't do it. Don't ask him. Mm. Why? Mm. Why? You're a teacher and saying that? 
So there are bad teachers. There's a heck of a lot of good teachers, but there are still bad teachers out there. So yes, when my principal said that, you know, I thought I looked at him as, as a figure, right? A, a big head figure. And I believed him. I thought, well, this guy's pretty smart. He's a principal. Sure. So he must be, he must be right. So that's why I pushed that door to leave that school that day. And if my teacher, I really do believe that God put Miss Renee Rivers in my life for a reason. And mm-hmm. she was there for that day to catch me. And mm-hmm. I tell people, you have to find someone who will walk you off the ledge, who will turn you around in the direction that you need you should be going. Hmm. Well, you know, and then that's really important. And I just saw, I don't know if Anthony's still in the house, but Anthony Conklin in the house. And when I was reading the beginning here, you actually mentioned him in your, in your acknowledgements, uh, you know, and so I don't even know if Anthony knows that, but uh, you got to get this book, Anthony, you are mentioned in the acknowledgements here for, you know, Greg talking about um, here, I'll put it back up there. So, you know, dream to grow rich by Greg Walker. So uh, he actually mentioned you in the acknowledgements page. So, you know, I think, that that was also something really cool that um that you know you mentioned a lot of people that you met on periscope and you you know met through live streaming and stuff because that was an, a next you know that was a next phase and a, a next step for you uh you know delivering this value to people and so that's right you know, you know, tell us how that um, live streaming, you know, how did how did that impact you? Because you wrote the book after you started live streaming. Is that correct? Live streaming changed my life. Listen, when I was uh, I did not want to get people see me now. And my my all my family, all the women in my family, even my father-in-law, they say maybe Greg joining this Toastmasters thing was not a good idea <laughs> because now I won't shut up. <laughs> and it was my buddy, Steve Gamlin who I met on YouTube. He's uh, um, from Boston, Massachusetts. Great, great, phenomenal guy who does not care what people think. Well, I did. Mm-hmm. I worried about get, hitting this live, live stream button. I wanted to go live, but I could not do it because I was worried about what people would say about me. Mm-hmm. So Steve Gamlin said, Greg, watch my YouTube video. Mm-hmm. And he was a radio guy for like 20 some years. We got caught up in all the mess, got divorced, got in uh, debt. So he said, watch it. So I watched it. It was a big blizzard. He's doing a YouTube video on inspiration. He's got a big red nose, snot's running down his nose. He's wiping, he's got a hoodie on and he's giving inspiration. So he said, Greg, people want real people today. So I'm going to try to hit the Periscope live button, right? And my beautiful, blonde, educated daughter, I'm in the bathroom, I'm sweating. I come out, my niece says, uncle, is it raining in there? Because you're sweating. And I said, no, I'm trying to go live. So I'm sitting there on top of the toilet, not going to the bathroom, just sitting on top. And my daughter comes in and she says, can I use your phone for a second, dad? I said, yes. I said, what do you need it for? She says, let me see it, right? So I, she gives it back. She says, there you go. You're live. So I'm like, what do you mean I'm live? So my oh. first parent, I'm like, what do you mean? I didn't know how to turn it off. And people's like, hey, hey, big dreamer. What, you know, how, what, what do you know? Blah, blah. Oh. And, and she says, dad, people are going to judge you. People are going to laugh at you. You know that. You're a big boy. You've come through a lot of crap. Yeah. They, you make millions of people look at you every day. What's the difference? So that changed my life. And um I just started speaking truth on Periscope. I was invited to speak at the Periscope Summit. Um, when I went out there, I was still quiet. You know, and I tell people how quiet, people can't believe I was quiet. My, my nieces, they were just telling stories today. I never asked my wife to marry me 30 years ago. You did? I, I gave her only sibling the ring. Her name is Terry. And said, please ask your sister to marry me. And I ran and went to my boy's house. Aww. I never had meetings in all my restaurants until I joined Toastmasters three years ago. So I, I asked my buddy, Ruben, Professor Ruben Arana at Florida A&M University. Uh, he's all on Periscope a lot. And my wife, two people I trust. I said, when I go out to the Periscope Summit and sit on this panel, do I become Greg Walker, a normal guy? Do I become the big dreamer? Both of them say, absolutely not. You become the big dreamer. 
So when Murray Newlands of Forbes magazine gave me the mic, I became, they asked all the questions just fit right in for me. And I'm quiet on here now, but I really get passionate. I get loud about what I, I, I speak about. And Murray came off and he says, Greg, that was phenomenal. He said, but I have a huge problem with you. I said, what, did I offend you, Murray? He said, no, no, no. He said, the problem I have with you is you heard that I spoke in six countries in 13 weeks, right, Greg? I said, yes. He said, that should be you in a lot of those countries. I said, not me. He said, yes. The problem I have with you, Greg, you are not on social media. I said, yeah, I've been in the restaurant for 30 years and I don't need that. He said, but that's how people find you on social media. So Murray wrote something on my book. He did a a TV interview for me. He says I was the best inspirational speaker he's ever been on stage with around the world. And at that time, he taught me how to get on social media. Mm -hmm. And he said, just do it. Do what you do. Just keep doing what you're doing. A friend of mine, Les Brown, you know, he says the same thing. Just do what you do best. Do what you do best. And that's what I do. And so it changed my life. People started asking me to speak. And then people said, call and say, hey, we'd like to pay you to come speak in Detroit, New York, Miami. You know, uh, I did entrepreneurship in Zambia, Africa. So wow. that's how that's how social media changed my life. I'm not big like people, uh, you know, that can do things on social media. But it has changed my life speaking everywhere from Washington. Listen, Washington, D.C., I spoke at CNN two years ago. My niece went with me. I got to speak at CNN. Yeah, well, again, that's where you were talking about authenticity, right? When we're authentic and when we really come and show up as us, not as the, um, you know, the puffed chest. Well, I've been through a lot. You know, the martyr. It's the guy that comes and says, hey, you know what? I've been through some crap. And I'm passionate about it. I raise my voice sometimes. I get frustrated, but it's mo- its just this passion right. inside me that says, I want to help someone else change. Someone took the time and the energy to help me, and I want to help them. And if we don't have the platform, if we don't have the catalyst, then it can be frustrating. But people are opening doors. And for those of you guys who are you know, here, remember those of you that downloaded the podcast, thank you so much for being here. This is episode uh, 16 of Vicki Fitch Live, of the Bully in Your Head with Mr. Greg Walker. Again, you guys can also check it out on youtube.com slash Vicki Fitch. Um, we try and put all this content up in multiple places. So Everyone gets an opportunity, not just to hear, but to see, because you can see so much about the passion in someone's voice and and their body and their their facial expressions. It really shows you how much they truly care, you know, and, and I love that about you. And, and for those of you guys who are afraid, like uh, Greg was about live streaming, Stacy's giving me some hard eyes in the back room uh, that are afraid about live streaming. I do have my new course coming out called uh, rock that stream. And it's really, you know, it's a three day mini course. A freebie that you guys can check out and learn not to be afraid to hit that button. You know, uh, if you guys know John K. Poss, uh, Chocolate Johnny, he says, you know, someone will watch and someone will listen. You have a story to tell. You need to tell it because it will inspire someone. Just your teacher, right, Greg? Just that's right. Giving you a moment to say, hey, you can do this. Just your wife. You know, all of her tiny little frame. It sounds like just stopping you and saying that, right? Those tiny little things made huge differences. Not only are you not in prison and not, you know, uh, committing crimes, beating women and, and hurting children, but you are a catalyst for change at schools and communities and, and countries. So, I mean, first of all, I just want to say thank you for being bold and, and courageous enough to get through your fear of speaking and start delivering these uh, amazing messages and writing a book that has meat, you know, and it's, and 
it's very exposed. Like you said, you, I mean, you, you opened your heart up there and said, okay, I know, you know, we call it troll patrol on, um, on live streaming. You know, there's going to be some people are going to judge. You don't have no money. You didn't do nothing. You aren't this, you're ugly or whatever. Right. They're going to love it. Right? Listen, I love, I love the, I love the trolls. I love yeah. the trolls. I love them. I do too. Cause they're sad and lonely. And once, if we can get through to them, then we can help them see that there's potential too, that they That's are, right. They're living behind a screen. They're afraid to come out and be, uh, you know, be exposed themselves. They're, they're afraid. That's right. And what we have to, we have to remember that we were probably once that, that person at one time in our life, we were immature, you know, whether it was a sixth grade or, you know, when me still in light bulbs in the fifth grade with my friends, you know, and I jumped, it's funny, I jumped the fence and my, my childhood friends tell the story to my nieces all the time. I jumped the fence still in light bulbs, right? That's what we did. It was still Christmas light bulbs. And, we right. them. and I tell the story like, that I jumped the why fence. Why did like, we do this, right? That's what? right. Why? What? Why? So, so we were, we were kind of trolls, right? So my friend was telling the story how I jumped the fence, ripped my pant leg off. Uh-huh. And a lady says, uh, Mr. Greg Walker, I'm going to call your family. You're going to get a beat and whatever. And I said, how did she know it was me? And my uh-huh. childhood friend, Charlie Kane, he looked at me and says, Greg, when you're the only white boy in the neighborhood, it's pretty obvious. <laughs> <laughs> right. And you're like, so I was a troll. So I was a troll. I was still a light bulb. It, it was wrong. It's, it seems petty, but I was once a troll. So that troll out there, if we can reach him, him or her Vicky and just uplift them to do some, because I guarantee you that person's probably bullying someone somewhere else in real life. And if we can change that person, you know, they're probably going through some, if we can change them, then they'll be a big advocate yeah. for help. They will. I, I agree. And Jenny wrote in here, Vicky's a troll converter. We do. We have converted some trolls that are actually now loyal fans and followers and try and help other trolls. And that's that's who you Look, are, Greg. Like you said, sharing that message of hope. And, and Listen, Jesus Christ did not hang around the perfect bunch. Amen. He didn't. There's a guy named Paul who used to hunt down Christians and kill them. He, right. he turned around, right? So right. if those people can turn around, someone just making rude comments can turn around. And, and we have hope for them. And, and, and we love them. I think when you kill people like that with love, you know, they'll get, they'll say, maybe there's something as Vicki Fitch as Greg Walker. Maybe there's something they're talking about because they're not belittling. The, the worst thing you could do is, is get in an argument with another fool. Right. <laughs> you can't have a, a battle of wits with an unarmed person, right? I don't remember that, who said right. that quote, but it's so true because it, right. it just becomes chaos instead of, um, you know, in, instead of inviting them. I always say, hey, guys, like if they make a ridiculous comment, hey, guys, you know what? Uh, well, I may, may jeer around a little bit and say, yeah, like when we were on the Periscope, the pre-show, this guy goes, take off your top. And I go, oh, my gosh, that's so what I was going to do as soon as the broadcast is over. I'm so excited that you're here. So stick around, <laughs> you know, but we're not making fun of them so much, but connecting. Right. And so they can like what, you know, kind of surprise them and then say, hey, we're going to f- pretend you didn't say that really quick. And we're going to invite you to join the conversation. And we're just going to start over because we actually want to help you make a business, build a business and a brand or find some friends. Right. Find people that actually care and want to interact with you because they're just trying to get attention. And that's, that's all they're doing. Right. And that is as kids, we're trying to fit in and, you know, stealing light bulbs or whatever. It's like we're idiots. Right. I, I can't right. say I've ever, I ever did that particular thing, but we do dumb stuff to blend and to fit and to um, try and figure out who we are. And so when people like you come out, Greg, and you're willing to go to schools and, you know, share with people 
it, it, it makes a difference. And I'm, I just want to say thank you. I'm super proud. And, you know, Jenny says there's always hope. And Marcia said that was very well said. And um, that everybody's just very, Anthony just put, oh, my, thank you. He's so hum super humbled by you for putting his name in, in the acknowledgement. No, Anthony is, you know, I, I just felt like, you know, people say, Greg, why are you putting all those people? There's so many names that you met on social media. Mm -hmm. Well, those, those are people who I admire. Those are people who I listen. There's things that Anthony can do that I would love to be able to do. And I know I can do them, but he does them very well. And I look at that and he doesn't understand this just like you, Vicki, and other people. I'm studying you sure. and I'm seeing what's working for you. What can I put, take from you and put into my speeches to put into my life? Listen, I might be more successful than people in, in financial areas, but there's things that I take from you. I'm, 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 I'm pilfering your guys' minds when I'm listening to you. Let's just take that for Nikki, my, my VA Nikki, when she transcribes these, we're going to use that as a definite quote and use it as yeah. a hashtag. I'm pilfering your That's minds. That's right. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say still anymore because I'm educated now. I'll say right? pilfering. <laughs> yeah. That is hilarious. I love that, Greg. That so, awesome. Anthony, you're welcome. And uh, I just believe in, in giving people their props when it's due. And I believe, you know, do it through private. You know, I don't call people and say, hey, hey, I just put your name in my, in my book. I just put it there for me and I put it out there in, in the world, in the universe, because those people have helped me. I tell people, listen, I've done nothing myself, nothing. I've done nothing. I'm just a product of all those people who mm -hmm. believed in me. I've done nothing by myself alone. Mm -hmm. Anthony says pilfer away. So, <laughs> you know, and that that's such a cool thing. You know, um, there I have so many things to ask you, Greg, and, and really quick, we were talking about live streaming. So I'm going to talk about our sponsor for a minute. And then I want to dive into some more sensitive issues. And I know you've been really open and, and easy with that. And I so appreciate that. Because that's what this evictable in your head series is about is when when people will get raw and real, other people will get that way too. And they can find growth and they can find hope. And, and so again, you're amazing. So, um, you know, we have, we were talking about live streaming and you guys know I'm a daily live streamer. I have these two podcasts on Monday and Wednesday nights and I am a huge Archon Mounts fan. You know, um, there, we were just talking, Greg, Greg was having trouble with his mount earlier, but Archon Mounts and they have a special that they do for all of my listeners. And you go to Archon.com, you can use the code FITCHSLAP, F-I-T-C-H-S-L-A-P uh, and get 20% off your order. I use the TW Broadcaster as, and I carry that RVTRIXL, which is an 11 inch inch uh, thing in my purse all the time. I actually have my phone sitting in it right now. And I have the TW broadcaster with my iPad over here. So you guys, if you're going to live stream, if you want to change people's lives and start, you know, building your own business and your brand, use Arcon Mounts, A-R-K-O-N.com. Use the code FitchSlap for 20% off. And if you want to see the things that I use, including the light ring and stuff like that, go ahead and go to vickyfitch.com slash resources. And they're actual direct links if you want to check items out. But you guys, this is there it's the greatest gear and live streaming can change your life. It really can. And Greg is a really, really good example of that. So and go ahead. Can a guy say something? Listen, sure. the amount I'm using now is not, you know, Aaron Roth is, is a great guy. Yes. Oh, when people see me do my periscopes, my treadmill, that's an Archon Mount. When they see me do something in my car, that's an Archon Mount. Mm -hmm. I cannot find my, my, my tripod from Archon because the little thing bends all over the place. That's why I'm using this crappy thing that I got at Best Buy and it doesn't work. <laughs> All of my Archon mounts, and I get nothing from Archon. I'm just telling you when I like something, I'm telling you if you want a great, phenomenal, not just a good or fantastic, but a phenomenal mount, go, go, go to Archon mounts. Use Vicky's uh, code or whatever you have to do, but 
they are the leaders. They are the leaders, the trendsetters in any type of mounts. Yes. And we, and I'm, I just tagged Aaron. If any of you know, Aaron, you should tag him in there. Cause that was a really great, uh, you know, announcement from Greg's. And again, it really is. And they are so um, participatory in this industry. They absolutely love, you know, the live stream community and are always looking for ways to help us and contribute. So again, thank you for that. So Greg, let's, let's go back a little bit too, and talk about, um, you know, some of the other questions that are coming up, you've shared that your, your father was very abusive, that guns were, um, you know, guns were around in your family. And I believe some of your brothers and sisters are brothers. I don't know if your sisters uh, have been into gun violence, but also people are in prison and, and yeah. there was some murder in your family. So, you yeah. know, you, I, I, if it's too sensitive, then please don't. But somebody asked no, no. about it specifically because they had yeah. that in their family. And, and I think they just want to relate to someone else who's experienced there, that. There was always gun violence in my house. My father was notorious for pulling guns. One time my father pulled a gun on my brother. He pulled the trigger and my one of my sisters put her thumb in between the trigger and it broke her, smashed her finger. So he pulled the trigger and he was drunk and he was just laughing, you know, and uh, I, it was notorious, notorious for that. And that's probably why I've never touched a gun. Even though all my cop friends tell me I need to get a concealed carry, I've still, I've never even touched a gun, Vicky. Mm. And I think it's be, because of that. Um, you know, my sisters, uh, they didn't play around with guns, but I've seen their boyfriends, my father pulled guns on them all the time. So listen, I believe everyone should have the right to own a gun. I do. I think you should carry a gun if you're, if you're, if you want to, if you're comfortable. But me, myself, I'm just not comfortable carrying a gun. So yeah, there's a lot of gun violence in my home. And, uh, you know, that, that's why I didn't speak till I was about 12 years old because I woke up, my father was in our life. Um, I heard a bang, I came out and now we know he was holding a, a bottle of Jack Daniels and a gun. And I looked down and my mother was at the bottom of the stairs and I saw blood everywhere. And he looked at me, I looked up at him and he said, boy, that's what happens when you open your effing mouth. So that's why we figured at 47 years old, why I never spoke to people a lot, because I was always afraid if I opened my mouth, it'd be the wrong thing. And I would end up something like that. So did, did your mom shoot your, I mean, did your father shoot your mother or he pushed My father, my, my father threw her down. He shot her. She eventually died probably eight years ago of brain cancer because of all those beatings and everything that happened to her. And my mother never told me she loved me, Vicky, until the day that she was in, on the hospice and the nursing home. And my wife made me go. And I told her, I, I forgive my mother. I do. She hated me. Because I look like my father, she stabbed me in the side of, on, on the side when I was in high school with a fork because I said something about my father, something good that was not true. It's just I wanted to say something as a young boy about my father, sure. and my mother stabbed me. So my mother, my wife, made me go to see my mom and all my brothers and sisters. There, you know, calling me names, Mister Educated, Miss Upper, Mister Uppity. So I was looking at my mother, and I'm, I've been a sweater all my life, so I sweat all the time. And my wife said, "Your mom's saying something to you," and I said, "So, who cares?" And I, my mom grabbed my hand and my wife said, look at your mom. I looked at her and she waved kind of like to, to bend down to me and she wiped the sweat off my head. And she says, Greg, I love you. That's the first time I ever heard my mom tell me she loved me. And then she died an hour and a half later. That was it. So I like to tell people, I remember my mother, not as the bad thing she did to me, but for that one day that she looked at me and wiped the sweat off my head and told me she loved me. The, the, it's like a redemption moment, right? Remembering. And yeah. I always say, 
you know, just like we were talking about the trolls, we're a product of our own environment and so were our parents. You know, yes. if we, as we get older, we can look back and go, why, why did they do that? Well, they're a product of their own environment. They're, they're, they were, they obviously, people don't just wake up one day and, and, you know, point guns at you and no. smack you and hate you. And, you know, there's something that's built up. And so, you know, the, the opportunity that just shows so much grace, like at the end that you would, that you would listen. And, and wow, I haven't met your wife yet. Right. Oh, I didn't meet her when I saw you. Right. If she, if I no, did, she was hiding behind, the, yeah, she I was going to say she was kind of hiding behind the scenes because my, my wife is the most sensitive, but most strong. Listen, I have a foot injury now. I almost lost my, I lost part of my right foot uh, four years ago because I'm a, I'm type one diabetic. My family never took care of me with insulin. So it caught up with me from all those years at 48, I almost lost my leg and my right. I lost part of my right foot while I was walking my six miles doing Facebook live, uh, last week. And I know I'm supposed to look at my feet. I didn't, I felt them. Vicky, if you look at my foot now, like I'm speaking in California at, um, in uh, Newport beach on 17th to 20th. I go to Canada for the world championship. My doctor says you cannot go because we, we may have to amputate your foot. I was walking, wasn't paying attention to my foot. My niece takes my sock off. It's a case. Can you please help me take my sock off? And my wife and nieces, they, they scream because they were there four years ago. And my whole bottom of my foot right now, I, I did a Facebook Live that night when I got back from my doctor, from the podiatrist. And I, I wanted to show people what, what goes on with type 1 diabetics. And type 2 is worse, people. And I wanted to show people said that's gross. But then other people said, Greg, thank you for showing. All of my skin fell off the bottom of my foot. Oh, Greg, I'm it peeled sorry. off. So, but I've been through that. I know that I know that I have a short life because most diabetic men only live to be 70 years old. I'm 51. I'm, I'm up terms with that. And that's why every day of my life is about inspiring and touching someone to get them to believe they're more than what they can be. So my doctor said, what if this doesn't heal in time? It doesn't matter. I'm going to the world championship, whether you amputate my foot, whatever happens, I'm going there. And he's taking care of me all my life. And he says, that's what I love about you, young man. You have no quit in you. I said, I can't quit. If I quit, what did my daughter think? What does my nieces think? My uncle quit. I'd rather quit and lose my foot than to never do it and live the rest of my life and say I could have represented Ohio for the World Championship Public Speaking. I, so I you, mean, you're so in. That's just that's amazing, Gray. I mean, honestly, and Marcia said, I'm so sorry to hear that. But I mean, you're, again, you're taking trial and tragedy and you're turning it into right. I tell people, do not feel sorry for me. Do not feel sorry for me because I have two friends, one guy named Lou Altman, who big Lou, he was at, he uh, was at, when I was speaking in San Francisco, big bodybuilding guy, he's got stage four throat cancer. Another one, my, my buddies, Ryan, who a healthy guy had some lumps in his arm. He's battling stage four Hodgkin's disease praying that he gets a year out of life. Don't please don't feel sorry for me. Feel sorry for that little baby who's been in children's hospital for two years. Please pray for them, not me. Well, I'm going to disagree and say pray for both, right? Is that we, we definitely, and, and, um, you know, and through your philosophy, Greg, of course, you know, of the dreaming that, there, there, you might inspire the person that comes up with the solution to, you know, to what's going on. So we know that it can happen. We know that odds are not, you know, reality. Odds are right. information. And so That's I'm right. going to, I'm going to be praying about that. And I'm going to hope that um, there is some other solution that something happens because again, and even if it doesn't, like you said, I can totally tell you'll feel it, you know, you'll stuff it a little bit, you'll feel it, yeah. you'll work through it, and you will continue delivering value because it's who you are. But, you know, 
the fact that you're willing to share it openly. And I, I don't care who said that it's gross. I, I totally agree. When you can share with people what might happen, that might change a child's eating habits. It might change an adult, right. the way they do something different to say, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that. And yeah. And you know, when, yeah. when the day after it happened, Vicki, I went to Cincinnati to work with uh, two world-class speakers, Michael Davis and Phil Barth. And they didn't know how bad my foot was. So my niece and I, we stopped in this place called Jungle Gems, a grocery store. And she said, why are you uh, in the wheelchair? And I said, because of my foot. And my niece said, yes, my leg, my ankle was swollen that big. It was like a balloon. And she was telling me, yeah, my husband's legs are purple and his toes are black. I said, is he type one or type two? She says, type two. I said, okay, there's two types of diabetics. Me that are born, my pancreas does not work. Or your husband who eats donuts. I said, he needs to go to the hospital right now. He's going to, if you're, if his toes are black, his legs are coming off. Because what happens is it starts at your toes, moves to your ankle, they take your ankle off, goes to the leg, and there's the, called, there's called the red line. The red line goes up to your knee, that's where they take your knee off. Goes to your groin, it takes off your hip. It passes your hip, someone's giving you a eulogy. So I said, you need to force your husband right now. That's how bad it is. She started crying. I said, cry. You should be crying because you, you can get a call right now that your husband just had a stroke or a heart attack. Most people die Hearts, heart, heart attacks and strokes, not because of heart attack strokes, but because they're type two diabetics, mm. type two. And I want people to understand that when I did my scope, there's a difference between type one and type two, big difference. Type one, you cannot control it. Type two, it's all your control. So if anybody's out there who's a type two, stay away from the breads, the cookies, the pasta. You know, it's, it's the, um, um, you got to stay from away all that stuff. You got to stay from anything that's, that's processed that looks like it's put together. If you do that and just walk every day, lift some weights, you can beat type two diabetics. Type one, I'm a guinea pig for my future grandchildren. I, I do any research that's going to help children. I do that. People say I'm nuts, but I'm doing it for my future legacy, my grandchildren, because I passed all 14 of my brothers and sisters. I'm the only one. Isn't that ironic? I'm the only one never touched drugs or alcohol or cigarettes or anything bad, but I'm type one. Both of my parents were type one diabetics. I get it, but that's okay. That's the, that's the card I was dealt, right? I made those bad cards turn into a good hand. So I want people to understand that they can beat type 2 diabetes. They can. It's by what you put in your mouth and what you're not taking with your feet. You can do it. So I want everyone out there, you know, type 2 diabetes is, is rampant and rampant. When you someone lose, see someone lose a, a leg or they're blind, I guarantee you ask them and they'll tell you. You already know. They're, they're diabetic. So I have to help people. I'm not afraid to go up to that guy and say, listen, brother, you need to go to the doctor right away. Mm -hmm. I'm not afraid to do that anymore because if I can save someone's leg, save someone's eye, save someone's life, then it's worth to get, it's worth it. You know, listen, I got cursed out by a guy one time in, in, a, uh, in a Sears. And do you know when he came outside, he was crying, Vicky, this guy was 500 pounds and maybe five foot two. Aww. And he says, he was crying. He said, thank you, man. He says, I'm sorry I cursed you out. But he says, I just don't know what to do. I get frustrated. I eat my sugars are 600, 700. I said, you're going to go into a coma. He said, I get angry. I eat more chocolate, more ice cream, whatever. And I said, listen, my daughter taught me this one time when I got angry and I ate a donut about mm -hmm. 10 years. She was in high school. She says, dad, you always taught me if you drop your iPhone and it cracks, you always told me, why should I smash it up when it's just cracked? You were just cracked. You're not smashing. So don't go eat that pizza. Don't go eat that donut. And that's mm -hmm. why I tell people, if you make a mistake in life, mm -hmm. just move on. If you eat a donut, eat a salad or, or skip a meal. But you can beat type 2 diabetes. Mm -hmm. 
my second book is going to be on di- uh, diabetes. Well, you know, you should probably, one of our regular uh, listeners, and I don't know if he's here right now inside the chat, but he's usually here is uh, Dr. Adam Nally. Uh, at, he's Doc Muscles, and he is an obesity specialist and also a ketogenic diet specialist and helps people to actually, what he calls, cure the diseases of civilization. One of those yeah. is diabetes by utilizing, you know, changing their diet and, and eating the right things, uh, you know, and like I said, avoiding those sugars and the starches and stuff so they, they don't That's end right. up there or that they can have some corrective measures. So you guys should definitely right. chat about that. Yeah, I'd love to talk with him. And I tell people, Vicky, like my endocrinologist always says, don't ever say you're never going to have a cookie again. Right. Just right. don't have them seven days a week. Have, have mm-hmm. one day that you eat whatever you, I have a friend named Bill Courtright who uh, writes and teaches on stress, how it affects your body. Mm-hmm. This dude at 57 years old looks like he's 19 years old. <laughs> he, had, he had died. I just spoke with him. We spoke together in South Carolina. At 20, he was a diabetic. They told him that he'll be blind by 25. And he changed his life. And he says that sugar and stress are the two ways that will eat you alive. So anybody who wants to learn about type 2 diabetes, you you can contact me. I'd love to get in touch with that guy you're talking about. I'll connect you guys. He's he's an amazing guy. has some absolutely fantastic things. I'm hypoglycemic, and I started doing the the ketogenic diet and making sure that I kept my blood sugars because mine were dipping so low for no reason. Like it just my body. And then he explained so many things. So I think you guys would be a great fit. So I'll definitely. Well, my my wife is right here. She won't let me show her, Vicky, but. Mine went so low one time that, listen, I, she's, she's looking at me, she's laughing, but I, I never know what it's like to be drunk, but my sugar drips, dips so low that I swore that I was holding on to our bed mm-hmm. and my feet were up in the air just spinning. Mm-hmm. And then I heard her scream and she said, what happened was I rolled over in the bed mm-hmm. and my head hit the dresser, mm-hmm. the desk, and it bloodied my nose. So I'm sweating. She said, I looked like a wrestler with, you know, they used to cut their heads and blood oh. was coming down and we checked it. And I think it was probably about 35. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, there's ups and there's downs and both of them are dangerous. And, and most people think that it's just a big fat guy, type two diabetics that die. It's mainly the skinny type one diabetics because they don't think they have a problem. Mm. Well, as, so what was your wife's name? Janet. Janet. Have her come on. Just give us a peek. Come on. Tell her it'll give a reason for people to come and watch the broadcast. Come on, Janet. You can do it. <laughs> She'll say something. Just say hi. Come on, say hi, dear. They can hear you on my microphone. Just say hi. Just say hi to Vicky. Hi, Vicky. Hi, Did you Jan. hear that? How are you? Yes, <laughs> I, I did hear her. And I, I read about you in the book. So She says she read about you. Wrap it up. Yeah. She's telling me to wrap it up because it's 11. I have to pick up my nieces. We're almost done. We have about We're 10. We're almost done. 10 yeah. more minutes. I'll go get, tell the girls I'm coming to get them. <laughs> they're at their uncle's business, so they're fine. We'll, we'll, try and, we'll try and make it fast. But again, <laughs> for those of you guys who have downloaded this on iTunes, Stitcher, or Blog Talk, you have to come see episode 16. We did not get Jan's cameo, but we did hear her voice. No. So you did I, hear her voice. Right? We heard her. So we know she's there. She's uh, in the background. It's a little bit mysterious, right? All the people in the chat, by the way, Jenny's saying, hi, Janet. Julie's saying, hi, Janet. They're all uh, saying, hi, Janet, in the chat box. <laughs> she's waving. Oh, well, we'll wait for her. Right? Yay, this is from Janet. But, you know, there there's so many more questions that people wanted to ask Greg, but we will wrap it up uh, as a respect for your time. Um, you know, we, we talked about the fact that this is the book of the month, you guys. So make sure that you guys, if you don't have it already, um, you're going to uh, vickyvitch.com slash book club. If it's not there right this minute, it should be there 
by the time you guys, you know, for sure by tomorrow, or I'll do it tonight before. Can uh, I snap? Can I snapshot that, Vicky? Sure, sure. Let's see if I can do this right. Got it. All right. Awesome. So um, we will definitely, we definitely want to do that. And then Greg actually has um, offered a free 30 minute consultation to somebody. So I should have done this earlier. We just dove into the conversation. I got completely lost. So you guys, um, we're going to use the the hashtag big dreamer 17, big dreamer 17. Again, it's a hashtag. Grab the broadcast title right now and tweet it out on Twitter using that title. I'd love for you to um, tag at the big dreamer as well. And at Vicky underscore Fitch. So uh, we can see those tweets and we can actually reshare them out and help you build some of your own social media presence, but use that. Um, Julie wants to get it. So use the hashtag big dreamer 17. And in a couple minutes, I'm going to go on tweet draw and we're going to draw a winner. So I should have done it before. Now I feel bad because only who's here is going to have that opportunity, but you guys, the lucky ones that are still here again, grab the broadcast, tweet it out hashtag big dreamer 17 hashtag i mean uh, at the big dreamer and at vicky underscore fitch do that for me and we will do a draw someone yes rob thank you and welcome to the broadcast uh you guys use that hashtag i'm going to ask him uh, two more questions while you guys are doing that so we can give you a chance you don't know how julie um you can grab the broadcast there's a url at the top you can grab that and then tweet it out on twitter so hopefully that will help you. If you can't, then grab, just do a uh, Facebook. Can you give me a water, please? FB.com slash VickyFitch1. At least they'll get here. So we'll give we'll still give you credit. So <laughs> if you can't figure out how to do it, Facebook, FB.com slash VickyFitch1 um, and use those hashtags and that will uh, get you in the drawing too. So Greg, as we, you know, start to wrap this up, you know, um, I know we have a, um, you know, we're talking about speaking and stuff in New Zealand. So I'm actually speaking in New Zealand at the social media conference, New Zealand, the September 15th and 16th. And uh, for those of you guys uh, that, that um, know that, put, Randall's going to put the link up there really quick so you guys can actually, um, you can attend the conference. And we actually, so you guys can see their socialmediaconference.co.nz. So my Kiwi friends and some, I think Marsha actually is going there as well. If you guys want to go, you can save $250 on the ticket by using the code Vicky. And we also have, um, I don't think... I have the graphic in here, but there's also an opportunity for you to um, do an on-air one. So we will definitely mention to Juanita that, uh, you know, that Greg is interested in speaking in New Zealand. And while I'm there, I have a couple other uh, possibilities. So I'll definitely see what I can do. But Greg, is there any place people can see you that is coming up that you are speaking that might be able to check you out? Yes, I just spoke in South Carolina. I'm speaking at the Pelican Hill Resort in uh, Newport Beach, California at the Leap Don't Look Tour. Uh, conference. So I think there's still tickets available for that. They don't be speaking in New York. I'm also doing a book signing at the Barnes and Noble on 50, 55th and uh, Times Square. Pretty okay. soon I'm doing, doing, doing 20 city book tours. So you can go to my website, greginspires.com and you can catch up with things like that. And also if you want a signed copy of my book, you can go to greginspires.com and get a signed copy. And it's Greg Inspires with an S, yes. correct? Greg yes. Inspires.com, yes. G-R-E-G-I-N-S-P-I-R-E-S.com. So for those of you getting on the podcast, this will be in the show notes, but just in case uh, somebody's in the car with you and they're ready to go do it, uh, go ahead, Greg. Yes, I'll also be speaking in um, L.A., on the 29th of September at the, um, uh, shoot, I can't think of it. It's, uh, it's a sales conference. It's a sales, the sales con. I'll be there. 
and I'm speaking in Boston, November, November 25th. And I'll be mm-hmm. speaking in Atlanta, Georgia, November 4th at the Push to Dream tour there. Excellent. And you'll be able to see that if they go to my website. Excellent. Well, you guys can see there's lots of places for you to go see, Greg. Um, we got another one more chance while we're wrapping this up to grab the broadcast, tweet it out on Twitter, use the hashtag BigDreamer17, uh, at the Big Dreamer. use that handle at Vicky underscore Fitch, so we can also tweet it back out and help you guys to get a little bit of social media street cred as well uh, to try and help you build your business and your brand. Um, uh, Greg, another thing is that um, we always uh, ask you what a thought for your quote for the day is or a quote that you'd like to share, and so we we create a little graphic for uh, the audience. Yours was, we are too big to dream small. And that's your own personal quote. So tell sure. us what, what, you know, just give us a, a little inspiration there on where that quote comes from and why it inspires you so much to share with other people. Well, w- we all have big dreams in our head, everyone as a kid. And why do we lose that as we get become adults? I look at, you know, there's a man who I met here named Neil Armstrong. He's a professor at the University of Cincinnati the first man to walk on the moon. And we put 12 men on that moon. So I asked him, I said, Mr. Armstrong, why don't we go to the moon anymore? And he said, because it's too small. We're all too big. We have big dreams. So that's why we're going to Mars and beyond. So I like to tell people, people with little dreams seem to have little lives. People with big dreams, even if they don't reach it, they still, there's something about them inside that you can just tell that once you get out of them. So I always tell people, we are all too big to dream small. Mm-hmm. Why dream small when big is available? Why? Right. Why? Listen, Tom, look what Thomas Edison did. He, look, we have two guys who are bicycle salesmen in Dayton, Ohio, who believe that they could fly like birds. People call them crazy, right? Now we know them as the Bright Brothers. So I tell people, stop dreaming small. Dream as big as you can. The worst thing I can hear a parent tell a kid is, boy or girl, stop dreaming big. Right. And isn't it's almost like... Why? Why are we, you know, why are we stopping ourselves? You know, and I I speak um, uh, at schools as well, like you do. And one of the things I always say is I may not be the most popular uh, person with the parents, but I will be with the kids because I tell them, you don't have to live your parents' dreams. And if you don't love this career that your dad or your uncle's doing, you know, do what you love. Find a way that you you love it. And and I think so we are kind of together on that. Oh, yeah. I am, and Julie said she commented on the Facebook page. I don't know how many of you, but I'm ready to do it. You got one more second before I hit this button um, to tweet out at Vicky, I mean, tweet out uh, hashtag Big Dreamer 17. Use at Vicky underscore Fitch and at the Big Dreamer. So here we go. Let's have a little drum roll. And our winner is Ms. Jenny Jones. So Jenny, Jenny welcome. She is here in the house. Uh, we will, I will tweet that out uh, afterwards for you as well, Jenny. Um, Greg and I will connect with Greg. Send me your information. You can post it on our Facebook page. Or do you know Jenny already, Greg? Or do you guys? No, know? I, don't, I don't think I do. Okay. So Jenny, send me a message uh, on my Facebook page, a private message or um, on Twitter at Vicky underscore Fitch. We will get you and Greg connected and make sure we get you that 30 minute consultation. Um, you know, is there anything else before we, um, you know, close out that you want to share with people, Greg, any other message or thought that you want to get? Yep. I just have one piece of advice for everybody listening. Wake up! <laughs> <laughs> Wake up. Why are you living like you're immortal? You're not. You're dying. Why do you keep putting things on shelves? Why do you keep telling th- people you're going to start something on January 1st? Listen, August 2nd or 3rd needs to be your, 
you're a January 1st. Stop putting your dreams on a shelf, especially you women. You always put things off for a man, a kid, a grandkid, a niece or nephew. Stop it. Live your life right now. N-O-W, I always say no opportunity wasted. You have to take, you must take the opportunity in a lifetime in the lifetime of the opportunities. So stop waiting. Stop letting waiting become a habit like most Americans do and go get your dreams because your dreams can never be caught if you're not chasing after them. Do it today. Absolutely. So there is some a, a knowledge bomb and some wisdom dropped on you by Mr. Greg Walker. Guys, thank you again for those of you uh, who, are on, who have downloaded the podcast. And I am going to do some information here and uh, give you some updates. And then we're going to kind of wrap the whole thing up. So first of all, you guys know we just finished uh, He Said Red Sun on Monday nights. We are now choosing the new he. So it is coming. We are still taking your input. If you guys want to tweet me on Twitter at Vicky underscore Fitch or at He Said Red Said and let me know who your choice is for the new he. I, we will be announcing that shortly. Um, on the on next Wednesday on Vicky Fitch Live, I have Mr. Paul Sokol. Now, Paul is a genius. You guys know I'm a certified partner with Infusionsoft. Paul also uh, has worked with Infusionsoft, written some books for them, and now is a uh, on Team Blitz Metrics with, if you guys know my buddy Dennis Yu who is a an absolute master in Facebook ads program and I mean he's he's legendary well Paul is on his team they're going to be delivering wisdom on Facebook ads on analytics and understanding and not in a boring way we're going to deliver it some great value to you so if you guys haven't registered already to be here Wednesday night for Vicky Fitch live at uh, 7 p.m. definitely be here so you guys Again, this has been an amazing opportunity. You guys know that um, uh, that the book, Evict the Bully in Your Head, will be coming out soon. You, I say soon because it's done, it's ready, but we have other things that we're blending in. You know, family emergencies, things come up. But it, you guys get the concept. By being here each week and, and relating to these people that have gone through trials and tragedy and turn them into triumph, that is the message and that is the mission. You know, understanding these intimacy bullies and not letting people take advantage of you and remembering more than anything anything that you are enough just the way you are you're good enough and smart enough and strong enough and pretty enough and white enough or black enough or Chinese enough or whatever enough don't let anybody give you any more information that you're not enough because it's a lie it's an absolute lie because you are enough and I want you to know that I appreciate you guys you guys know I live stream every day at six o'clock trying to give you mindset money motivation tips sales social media anything I can do to support you as uh, an entrepreneur or as a person, I'm here to do that. And so I hope that you guys, if you're not following me already on Facebook Live or Periscope uh, or on my other platforms, that you will do that. And uh, for those of you who don't know me, I'm going to quickly introduce myself. Guys, I am Vicki Pitch. Hey, I am a direct sales expert. I've been in the industry 20 years, top 10 sales and recruiting internationally for more than a decade. I've also built and sold four companies. I am an author, a speaker, and an international business consultant helping you get outside the 5,000 to turn your passion into your profit. So I'm here to help. Uh, you can go to vickyfitch.com slash biz and check uh, any of those boxes that you might be interested in. Let us help you, you know, to change your life for the better, to start dreaming bigger, to start remembering that you are enough and that we really do appreciate you. So I am super excited that Greg came. We're going to put up his social media information here so you guys can take a screenshot of that. That's how you can get, get a hold of him. Dream Grind Hustle on his Facebook page. Greg inspires at most places and then on Periscope, it's at The Big Dreamer. You know his website is www.greginspires, with an S, com. And we are super glad to have him here. And so now that you guys have been introduced to me, please, 
if you're not following here on Facebook, please give me a follow. Those of you guys who have downloaded the podcast, hopefully you are getting that RSS feed and you know when we are, uh, when the new broadcasts come out, but definitely connect with me. So guys, I love each and every one of you. And I want to remind you, like I always do, to dream it, believe it, and achieve it. Ciao.